Zach and CJ are in. We're going to talk about the heartbreak in Norman, although I think we moved on pretty quickly. And we're all ready for the Red Raiders to come in in game two of conference play. And the, and the season begins in full earnest now. There's eight to go, and this defense is elite. Let's figure out how to score some points and uh, make some explosive plays with the offense. I think it's coming. I think we all think it's coming. But you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil style. You know how we do it with Phil. Come on now. If you haven't seen the meme, get on the Phil Stout coffee. And if it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things about the Mountaineers hosting the Red Raiders and then just a sprinkle in there about last Saturday too because I feel like we have to. Let's go. Fellas, we've uh, decided to wait a long time to come in here and to the porch for this therapy session. Um, granted, I think this is not really a therapy session, right? I mean, I think we're all optimistic people, and I think we've we realized what happened Saturday night in Norman was probably a good thing, despite the loss, right? I mean, are you there, Zach, or have you kind of have you went through the five stages of grief already and are ready for Tech Saturday, or are you still kind of struggling with what happened? No, I've had my time. Not about Monday or Tuesday, I had I had gone through the process, and I came to the conclusion that it's another step in the climb. I I truly do believe that, so I'm good. Yeah, CJ, same or a little different for you? Um, no, yeah, I mean, I I, I got through it. I think I was kind of I might have been ahead of Zach's curve a little bit. Um, what was your curve, CJ? I was really kind of okay with it. Really, by the end of Sunday night. Um, oh. You're yeah, a little more got- mature, though. You're a little older. You've been through a little more than me. Just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I've been, I've been through some of these ringers, you know, but it, it mm. just kept coming back. And Zach and I were kind of texting back and forth Saturday night. And, you know, when we did the season preview in August, like all three of us, we got to Oklahoma and we're just like L, right? We tried to make the case of what, you know, what needed to happen for us to win, right? And I think had you told any of us, we'd go down there, we'd play that well, We'd lose on a walk-off field goal. I think we'd have felt okay about it. And I'd like agree. Zach said, this is this is another step in the process. They're they're playing tight games. Well, what's the next step? You got to learn how to win them. Yep, that's, that's the next true. step, and that's the next logical progression. And this is a team that we've gone down there, and what the average margin of victory down there has been? What like four hundred? <laughs> Maybe a little. Not quite four hundred feet. It was, it's no, it's not that big, but it felt like it, right? I mean, outside probably, of probably four touchdowns, what, though. Let's be yeah, honest. I mean, Easy. This is the closest we've come to beating them since the Big Twelve. Since what the overtime game when Kenny Stills caught the slant route in the end zone, the Tavon game. Yeah, and then yeah, if the you Tavon remember, game. we also had that game when old um, oh man, and the name's escaping me now, but we lost to him like thirteen to seven one time early in the season. Um, we had a big run from one of our running backs early on in the Dana era, and then the rest of the season kind of fell apart. Um, well, as far as games in OU, at OU for sure, those this is one of the closest ones. But I mean, yeah, this is Greer, by far the closest. Greer's last year, we had a fireworks show in the snow that I was at. I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. But another, it was another game we came up short in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not let's let's put it this way: sixteen, thirteen, a little different than fifty-nine, fifty-six. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you guys real quick. I was kind of over it Saturday night. Um, I, I kind of felt like, man, we did everything in that game exactly how we wanted to do it, minus maybe three plays and maybe a call that kind of was questionable that went against us, right? I mean, I, I truly feel that way. I don't think we could have changed much of anything 
because I think the way we played the game was damn near perfect, really. And I think let's just kind of go through those real quick because typically we go through the whole thing, but I don't feel like it's really something we need to do this close to the next game, right? Obviously, the false start down on the goal line was a killer. We cannot continue to do those things. That's 100% something that cannot happen anymore. The sailed throw on Bryce on Bryce Porter Wheaton, obviously, was a yeah, big – that, 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 that hurt. That hurt. That, that that one hurts, and this because that's one I've gone back and looked at and kind of rewatched that whole play. That's really a fine line. I think the throw by Deggy, maybe he wants it a little lower, but he's got to get it up over the middle linebacker, which he did. Yep. But that's also you know Bryce Ford. We we talked about you know him becoming taking that step, becoming the guy, right? And he one of the, he almost a, did that on Saturday night, really. Right. If you think about it, right? And what I'm saying is, is that's the kind of play. Like if you want to be the guy and be in the conversations with some of the greats that have been in the wide receiver room up there, and I'm talking, it will even can go back old school. You know, the David Saunders, the Chris Henrys, you know, the Tavon, oh, Sean Foreman, oh, yeah, yeah, Sean Foreman, um, Stedman Bailey. You make that play. Yeah, but it, but it wasn't a great throw. Um, it and it we, wasn't, we, but I think if you're Deggy, I think if you put it any lower, I mean that middle linebacker's got a chance to get a finger on it. So I, I mean, I would agree, CJ. I mean, it's, know, it was that, it was a tough it was a tough call. Um, that that but, it, but I'm saying in, in those kind of games, that's the play you got to make if yep. you want to pull the upset, and that's kind of the difference in two where you know you just don't have the the sheer volume of athletes maybe OU does. And that's and that's fair. And I think if you really think about it, like that whole game in general was that way because they do have five star guys, and we've got you know some fours and more in, in three three star guys. You know, so we had to shorten the game. We had to do those kind of things to give ourselves a chance to win that game, and we did. Obviously, the other play. I mean, I think we all know what what we're going to talk about, and that's the snap from from Frazier. But kid played a great game. I love what Neil Brown has done. Since the play, you know, in question that Zach and I mean, you talked about it and said it'll go down a mountain near Lure forever, and, and it will, you know, unfortunately it will for him. But I think he's going to have a good enough career to where it might be a footnote in his career. Um, and hopefully we continue to keep doing big things. But that's oh, yeah, hurt. I, I, the kids, that's the kids, hurt. yeah, I mean, the kid's been too good of a player for too long for that to be what defines his legacy. I mean, it hurts, it sucks, but sometimes those kind of things happen. I mean, it's 80,000 people, that place was loud. Yeah, crap happens. You know, yeah. you just you, you get better and you move on. Neil's done all the right things with it on that. And and like you said, I mean, we played the perfect game plan. And, and Neil said it in his press conference. You know, we've – you know, teams have tried to go the outscoring route with Oklahoma. It doesn't work. You want to win in this league, you got to play really good defense. And that's the model they're building. And Absolutely. And, and that's what he said in his press conference this week, actually, too. Zach, sorry yeah. to cut you off. But, I mean, he talked about how the foundation of this program and how we're going to win here is on the defense side of the ball. And by God, we have an elite one too. It just thinks the fact that you had a chance, only Oklahoma, what, 30? You had the penalty right before that, made it second and 12. Clock's ticking under five minutes. You're like, man, this is, this is, we're going to do this thing, right? And then that happens. Um, and then obviously, kind of the impending doom, kind of anticlimactic in certain ways, the ending of that, especially for me, we were in the mountains there in North Carolina watching this thing. And so we were buffering, so I'm about 15 minutes behind. The rest of the room, besides me and, and the guru uh, from the golf nerds, James Kearns, we didn't know the score. Everybody else did. They'd already looked it up on their phones. So we're still invested, and everyone else is kind of like kind of stopped at one point in time, and I don't think we realized it. Uh, inebriation might have been a part of that on my part. Um, but it was just like it, it, it crushed you a little bit. But I'd say about 10 minutes after the game, I'm like, we gave a team that everyone thought was potentially the best team in the country preseason everything they wanted and more in their building and probably outplayed them. So let's go play the rest of the season, fellas, and see what happens. And I think with this defense and an ever-improving running game and a little bit more of your boy, Zach, Garrett Green, getting mixed in there, he's continuing to get a little bit more and more of the playbook every week. And he's going to do some special in, things. And he's impressing the coaching staff. You can hear it in the press conferences. Yep, absolutely. Zach, what were you going to say before I cut you off for the, uh, on the Frazier thing there, buddy? Yeah, just as far as Frazier's concerned, that, that snap, it's something that can more or less be explained away one way or the other because you'll never know whether or not it was misunderstanding on his part or a, a weird thing with the cadence because when you're jumping back and forth between quarterbacks like that, 
and he did a, good, a really good job with it throughout the game. He really had no mistakes up until you know the last those two back to back plays. But you know that is one thing that you could attribute to the to the snap, right? I mean, whether it was a count miscommunication, the cadence being different, and it just kind of threw him off, especially with the noise that late in the game. I don't think it was the it was a pressure related thing as much as it was just you know a confusion thing. And whether or not it was his fault, we'll never know. But I think that's something that can kind of be explained away as far as that's concerned. So I'm not, I'm not going to be hard on him. I don't think anybody else should be either. But you're right. We we were the better team that day. We obviously didn't pull it out. But throughout the game, we did things that we needed to do to win. And we led the whole game, or at least let me, let me rephrase, Oklahoma never led the game until the very end, until the clock struck yep. zero. So, yep, until the gun. That I mean, hurt. That's well, a tough and- way to go out. It, it is, but the, but there was there are a couple of things about it I loved. One was is is uh, I love the fact that we had the ABC crew in there because even Kirk was like you could hear him talking about our defense and it's like okay this is going to change the national perception of how good we are on that side of the ball. And well, I, I like too the way he described it. It wasn't so much like what's Oklahoma DJ, doing. One thousand percent. He's not. They're not going. Hey, what's wrong with Oklahoma's offense? They're like, wow, West Virginia's defense is elite. Like this, this these guys are legit, right? Yeah. And I and I love the players after the game are going. We'll see them again. Like right. they know beyond the shadow of a doubt they can run the rest of the way and see that team again. And totally. if I'd have told you guys two three weeks ago or even back in August down there, you'll hear the fan base down there chanting, "We want Caleb," as in the backup quarterback they have. Oof. You guys would have said, "Oh yeah, they're up by forty. That's why they're chanting that." Right. Yeah. They had chanting it in like the third drive. Yeah. What kind of bullshit is that? That's that's tough, and that's not a and tough that's, and that's brutal. And I that's not, that's me, a tough look on them. That that is, and I'm going to say this right now: Lincoln Riley's an asshole because first off, he gave us absolutely zero props, and then he didn't even call the fan base out. He's like, "Oh, it's just it's it's what they do." Dude, you know what else? Your guy, what you know what hell? else makes him an asshole, CJ? The dude has the ugliest looking brisket I've ever seen in my life. Did you guys see that over the summer? Thing looked like a freaking leather shoe. <laughs> you're a coach in the big 12 have somebody else do it for you for christ's sake i mean that was terrible that's like, all right he, he, he'll learn in the sec when saban and kirby and all those guys dump and lane kiffin dump 90 on him well they're gonna have to score in that league that's for sure um especially coming up and who would have thought we'd ever say that about the sec as compared to the big 12 but i mean you know let's just kind of real quickly here before we kind of put this thing filing to bed and i love it that we're all kind of we all kind of are, we all kind of put it to bed relatively quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you came into the game a 17 point dog. You battled, you gave everything you had. You about as well as you could have, about as well as you could have wanted to play it. I mean, I had his cover, and if it hadn't been for damn Kansas, I'd have won $300. You put your parlay with the hell's uh, on. Yeah, come on, CJ. You got to that up straight Duke up. Buddy. Beat him by 16. Oof. Well, don't 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 discount a David Cutcliffe football team, buddy. I okay. know, but Kansas well, isn't historically awful anymore. And, and where was that game, by the way? Was it at Wallace Wade or was it on the? Uh, no, it was in Durham. Yeah, it was in Durham. Well, no, that's Wallace Wade is Durham, there, brother. Yeah, yeah. Brush up on your North Carolina stuff. You're down there now. Come on, now. let's go. I don't care about the Dukies. <laughs> give a damn about the Dukies. Oh man, and nobody's gonna care about them either in a few years once Coach K. Once he hangs it up after this year, but we'll hey, talk about basketball Shire. later on. Oh yeah, you know my wife. Um, I don't know. I don't get it, but she's got a thing for John Shire. More power to her. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey who knows? You know, John Shire kind of broke our hearts one time though in 2010. So I don't. I'm not a huge. Not a huge got nothing John for him. guy. Um, but back to the stats here, guys. So I mean, they got us by one first down. They were 5 of 13 on third down. We were 4 of 14, right? Now, they outgained us significantly in the end. Um, neither team ran the ball well. I, I was a little disappointed in our in our inability to run the football late in the game, but that's the point I wanted to kind of bring up, right, mm-hmm. is, man, if you look at the numbers between when Deggie is in the game and we try mm-hmm. and run the football for Letty and when Garrett Green is in the game and we're trying to run the football, it's night and day. And I think it's something that needs to be explored more and more as we continue to move forward because Letty Brown's too good of a guy for, for teams to literally be able to focus on him solely in that RPO 
attack. And, and with Garrett Green's in the game, I mean, we saw it in that first drive. Things looked extremely efficient. Well, they did, but if you go back and you watch it, is they queued on Green. The linebackers were flowing with him, staying with him. And Zach and I had talked about this during the game, and uh, Eva had, Eva and I were talking about it watching the game. Like You could see kind of the difference in the holes for him. And while I think, yeah, that needs to be explored because Green does give you that options, but that also then I think comes back to where the offensive line, even when it is Deggy, has got to just be meaner and be better and move people. Like, I think there's some of that, too. Yeah, but but if you have an ability and a guy like Green that can set that up and, and take that pressure off him, I mean, yeah, and you have the talent of a Letty Brown, why not yeah, utilize but it, we right? Were able to, we were able to run the football back in the day when we didn't have mobile court. Hell, Mark Bolger wasn't beating anybody in a foot race, and we could still run it down people's throats. Yeah, but we also weren't trying to run a zone read RPO game, CJ. It's a lot no, different. No, but, but it was a zone blocking scheme was there away. Yeah, but that's but totally different coming out of a shotgun versus the eye with old Dandy John. Zach, what do you think on this I, one, brother? Go ahead, true, go ahead, CJ. Though, you no, know, I agree with you. It's just, I just I think sometimes the I, I think Green takes a little bit of that pressure off of the offensive line because of his ability to run the ball, and it's just it the offensive line's just got to be a little bit better. They're young, and they're going to get better. That, ahead, that was the point I was going to make. They're young. They're young guys. They're not all completely developed yet. I mean, they're still learning. They're still developing their bodies, and let's give Oklahoma some credit too. I mean, oh, that's their defense the isn't like stellar. It's not top of the country or anything you know like what? that. But I, it's, it's damn good. That, their defensive exactly. line is the heart of their defense. I'm, I'm going to disagree with that take on their defense, man. I really am. I'm if not going to think it's cream of the crop. Come on now. Nah, 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 nah. Time out. Think about it real quick, though. Just, and let's just think about it just for a second, okay? Um, I mean, if they don't fall asleep at the wheel against Tulane – that defense hasn't given up more than 20 points in a game this year. That's pretty damn good, right? Hold on. Hold on. Tulane, obviously a fine football program. And then who they play second week? Western Carolina? Okay. Yeah, they shut them yeah. out. Okay. Nebraska, again, not hey, an offensive but, powerhouse. And but, neither are we. But you also have a They're quarterback, Martinez, though, that has been in that Come system on. for a long That's fine. But he went 19 for 25, man. Come on. He would now. still be out. Let's see how they play this upcoming. Right. That's what um, I want to see. But I, mean, I, I, I want to see a bigger Oklahoma sample size before I go ahead and say that they're really guys, good That's a unit that I'm, I'm – I think people need to give a little bit more credit to. No, I agree. On the defense they're side not, of football, for sure. They're, they're well, not the typical OU Civ, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely willing to give them that kind of credit. But I, that, I, that's the point I was making. Their defensive line is tough, and our offensive line being so young, I mean, it's not going to be a perfect fist. And, you, you know, we had the same thing as Virginia Tech last week, which not as bad. We ran the ball much more effectively, of course, but – you know, we still got to get developed in that way. Our offensive line has to keep learning and growing, and they will. I have no, I have no doubt in that. Yeah. And you know, the best defenses we'll have seen all season. We may have just seen the last two weeks. I, you know what, and I don't think you're wrong about that either, buddy. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And Blaine, I, I'm with you. I think defensively, I think OU's better than maybe some people really want to say. I mean, their front seven, you know, matches up with just about anybody in the country. I think where they can be, where they can be gotten. At times, I think they're kind of like us, is they're still not really sure what they've got in the secondary. Now, granted, we've kind of gotten an idea and we're, you know, we feel really comfortable with it. I think that's kind of maybe where their weakness is, is on the back half of that. And we but, can't exploit that quite yet. Correct. And right. it's tough for a lot of people to exploit it because their front seven is so good at creating havoc and pressure. I mean, they probably got the best edge rusher in the country lining up and he can create issues. And we did a good job keeping him at bay pretty much all day. We, we talking Benito? Yeah, yeah, Benito really didn't hear his name called a whole lot. I mean, he, now, he had I, the he had the one play where he was in the backfield, but I mean, other than that, I thought we did a really good job with him. But I mean, they can generate such good pressure that it takes a lot of pressure off their corners and have to cover a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're you know, it's kind of funny. I'm looking at the stat line, and Benito only had one quarterback hurry, did not officially record a tackle in the game. I just saw that too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's insanity. And you know what else is funny though? Sometimes you look at defensive stats and they don't tell you the full story. Because our leading tackler from the game on Saturday, Josh Chandler Semito, felt like at times he could have given us a little bit more, especially late in the game, I thought. And then not to mention that first big play they had on that third down, first drive of the game when Gray got loose. He was right there to make the tackle, missed it. That would have been a good start to you know to the day for the defense, and they wouldn't have scored a touchdown on the first drive. So that's another play where, you know, where he could have made a play there, but – you know, yeah, it's and that's, just one of those and, things. It's hard to make well, up field tackles like that. 
yeah, I was going to say that that's a linebacker out there on a running back. I mean, right. you, you expect your running, you expect the the skill guy to win that battle there, and that's what happened. I mean, there were a couple of times I thought he got caught out on an island. They did a good job of getting him in space with a playmaker, and he'll he that that's one of those you go back to film and you learn and go, okay, let's you know let's let's work on this and find a way to get you in a better position and not get you completely out there alone. And we still only gave up 16 points to Oklahoma, guys. I mean, exactly. yeah. oh, yeah. Well, on the point of tackling, too, real quick, can we just take a second and appreciate just how good at tackling this team is as opposed to the Danis Holgerson teams we saw for basically the past decade? <laughs> it's a breath of fresh air, isn't it? It is. It is, Zach. There's no Joe DeForest with a backwards hat looking goofy as hell on the sidelines anymore. And guys and whipping tackles left for sure. And right. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Say just a friendly reminder, guys, during all of your football season, there's really only one place to get all your information, and that's at walliesandwimpysports.com. Pick up the, the print edition there at all of your local Parmar stores throughout the valley, some Exxons, Marathon, Sitco's. Anywhere with your neighborhood Parmar star, you can find some Wally's and Wimpy's. Got all the schedules, some insight. Jim and the boys do a great job, and we're excited to partner with Wally's and Wimpy's. So definitely make sure that you're uh, looking for those when you go there and pay your gas. Uh, get your football schedules, too. So pick up your Wally's and Wimpy's today. And now back to the porch. Yep. It's funny because this actually we're recording today uh, on the ninth anniversary of that seventy to sixty three shootout in Morgantown over Baylor, that I was mean, the first. Know. That was yep. the first football game I attended as a student, and my God, was it fun! And Zach, that was my first game attending it as an alumni. So mm, good times. I, I, I yep. walked out of a bar. I was in Virginia Beach. A buddy of mine was getting married in a couple of weeks. We took him uh, away for his bachelor party, and we. I walked out of a bar after that game, going, and I got a buddy of mine who's big WVU fan. His dad actually played it at West Virginia with Rich back in those days. And I looked at him and I was like, if that's how we have to win, we're in for a very long damn year. And we we were in for one. Yep. (laughs) It wasn't too much longer that we were able to flash horns down one more time. And then it got really interesting. Yeah. We got, yeah. Yeah. We won a game at Texas. And the only time in Dana's history, Dana's era that we could say we won a game because of a defensive player stand. And then turn around (laughs) and get waxed by who else, but Jared Nagy's brother. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was the beginning of the end there, really, for for uh, that season, for sure. And so, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I feel no better way to uh, to segue then into what we're going to see Saturday, right? The Red Raiders are coming to town. Ta- unless you guys have something else real quick before we put Oklahoma to bed. I don't I don't think we could segue it better. Take it yeah, away. No, I I think one a, thing, isn't it crazy? We wait all this time to get to the season. We're already a third of the way through regular I season. Know, exactly. Isn't that it's nuts? crazy. It's crazy. Oh. But. I mean, at the same time, it's. I feel like we are, we're learning about this team. I think mm-hmm. we're, we're gaining an identity, obviously. We have an elite defense. We have a quarterback that is going to make a, a terrible mistake a game. We have a, we have a two-pronged attack at the quarterback position. Um, and we're not necessarily explosive on offense, yet we have good players. But like you, like we talked about earlier, I think we have played two of the better defenses we'll see this year. I think one of the other – Two other defenses that I think we have to watch out for, and we got to give a little credit to in that conversation. Baylor potentially, um, although I think they're, I think they might be I'm a little not, overrated. Um, I, I'm not ready to go there on that on Baylor because I, yeah. I think we overhyped Iowa State. Uh, see, I think Iowa State's still a good team, and I was, I was more. Um, I guess we're getting on Big Twelve talk more here, but I think Iowa State is a team that I'm now more nervous about that game than had they come into that thing undefeated and flying high. I, I, a wounded, not, a wounded I, Cyclone team with Purdy and those guys, all the talent they have, that scares Yeah, but here's my issue. I know you're a big Brock Purdy apologist. He's regressed, and it's bad. He's I don't know. regressed. I, I, CJ, I'll also tell you, you're the guy who told me Patrick Mahomes was not going to be anything in the NFL. So we'll move one off the quarterback talk here. Yeah. Um, and, and I will own that one, but I'm just telling you, Brock Purdy over the last two years does not look like the same guy. Hey, he's still a guy who ended up winning the Fiesta Bowl last year, so he can still sling it a little bit. Um, true, let's, true. Let's, and let's, and I will say this just real quick. 
the last thing is, yeah, I, I know we want to talk about Deggie's bad pick, but that was a third forever. That's going to be a punt situation in there. It ended up working out as a punt anyway. So that one to me wasn't that big of a big of Circumstan- a Circumstantially, no, not a, bit, not a big deal, but still a stupid decision. Yeah. Again. Yeah, but like I said, it's third and forever. I, I got no issues with him chucking it up. I'd like to see him get it maybe more towards the boundary than into the field. But Give him a chance. Yeah. Well, and nonetheless, on that, right, a couple times this year for Daggy, it's been that way. But that also kills possessions. And in a game that's such a limited possession game, who knows what you might have been able to do in that spot. Took points off the board potentially there. I mean, you took points off the board a couple other places, too. That hurts. Yeah, I mean, but how many times do we on third and forever run the draw and the fan base goes, oh, my God, why don't you just at least chuck it down the field? So, I love a draw on third down, bud. <laughs> at least in that case, you have you have the defense on their heels. You're, they're not looking for it. And also, you retain possession for the next down where you can punt and pin them even deeper instead of throwing the interception to the 30. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, at that point, where you're sitting right there, you're going to have to get a little bit of luck involved in that. We – that that's probably one that ends up bouncing in the end zone because we had a couple of those that did. So I mean, hey, don't doubt Tyler. He's a good punter, man. He's coughing corner. <laughs> he is. Hey, punt coverage. Our special teams, especially since Neil Brown's gotten there, it's been beautiful. Excellent. Excellent. Love it. Hey, he won his first ever game in Morgantown because the special teams against JMU. So it's been well, a staple of the program in the climb since it started. Um, so one of Texas Tech fellows, right? Obviously, they started the season pretty hot, playing nobody in the non-league. They beat Dana wearing the shocker hat. Mm. You know, he starts flinging around a little bit. And then and then they ended up kind of coming back to earth and big time coming back to earth there against Texas Got on Saturday. I mean, 70. Yeah, I mean, you give up 70, it's a, it's a long day, right? Um, I mean, so, they gave up 22 to Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. Those guys can – that's not a bad program, CJ. Noted basketball school. It, <laughs> Let's not, not even talk that about that, Zach. I'm not <laughs> Too saying it's not a bad walk up, program. Walk-up's not coming through that door. <laughs> I'm not Let's saying that it's not. not a bad program, but you shouldn't give up, you know, 400-something yards mm-hmm. offense to them. No, Just, I don't think you're right. I mean, we, we also know Texas Tech's not – that's never been a program where the identity of that thing is defense, right, um, at all. True. I think one thing that's interesting under the Matt Wells era, right, there's been a lot of just kind of moving parts, and it's never really gotten a flow, yet somehow he's 2-0 and versus Neil Brown, and we all give Neil Brown a lot of credit for the trajectory he's putting our program on. This game Saturday to me is a statement game for us. Totally. I 100%. Zach, I, you know, I think if we go out there and show – Again, an ability to play elite defense, like I think we can. And then maybe, like we talked about, get a little nasty up front, run the football, don't turn it over, and allow maybe our defense to, and allow the defense to get rested while the offense is making plays. Because it might be for the first time all season where you're maybe not facing a defense that, you know, is, is pretty good on the other side. This could, might be the worst defense we'll. Might be one of the worst defenses we'll see in the Big 12. I, I would probably agree with that. And one thing about this game, you just mentioned the last two games we've played against them, first two games in the Neil Brown era, and they were losses, heartbreaking losses, and losses that probably were two of the ones that came, much came to Brown's chagrin just because of the way they happened yep. and his connection with Texas Tech. I'm sure it was a little more personal there. Absolutely. So, you know, you think about games Virginia Tech, Oklahoma the last two games, those are ones that you circle on the schedule, of course. But this one is one that I really think that he's keyed in, keyed in on, and I'm sure the guys are too. They, they want to get their revenge, and I, I expect that to happen. Yeah, I do too. And we talk about this. I mean, this probably be, will be one of the one of the worst defenses we see. And, I mean, it's I, – I don't know if they'll be as bad as maybe Kansas's defense. But, I mean, they are going to be that, but I, I do agree with that. I think this is one for Neil that's because of his time there um, that they won. And I think also, too, the, the last time they came to Morgantown, I mean, the thing was over at halftime. So, I mean, <laughs> CJ was over in the first quarter. Okay, yeah, true. I was, tried to be a little nicer. Um, I mean, hey, I still remember well, you tried, but I'm not going to allow you to do it because I remember um, cold, uh, some of the best chili we've ever had at Harris' tailgate. I'll say that right now. It was great. Oh, yeah. And and then, you know, 
we actually made a big play, had to kick a field goal, and boom, 28 to 3, just like that. And I remember Neil Brown walking off the field at halftime and said, I'm sorry to everyone in attendance, this will not happen again. And you know what? For the most part, he's been pretty right about that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you guys said, the fact that it's the place where he cut his teeth in Lubbock, we're facing that school, we're 0 2 against them. Like you said, Zach, I mean, the way we lost last year was heartbreaking. And the way we lost the year before that was just kind of like, frustrating and that built us to where we got to the rest of the season that year with the upset wins of at the end of the season and winning five games of that group was incredible so I look at it and say like you said he's had this one circled I think the players that have been there have this one circled I'll tell you I think we're ready to rock and we are going to build on this momentum throughout the rest of October yeah and I'll tell you a player for me that I think really has this one circled because he wants to get the taste out of his mouth is Sam James oh absolutely Absolutely. I'd say, I'd say Jared Dagey has a circle too. He hasn't beaten his, oh, yeah. his team, his hometown, you know, team he grew for growing up. I'm sure he wants to get a dub against them too. And not only does he want to get a dub against them because of that, Zach, but you know, he wants to stay on the field a little bit. Yeah. Well, he wants to stay on the field a little bit and let's you know, and this and then they didn't even recruit him. And I think that plays into him a little bit too. That's true. And he didn't play bad last year against them, if I'm not mistaken. Just a couple of turnovers that a couple of them weren't his fault either. And that was a weird game because of the wind. Um, does anybody always, have and little, you always seem to have that down there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have a forecast there for what we're looking at Saturday? The last time I looked, I think we're going to be dipping into the mid 60s by game time. I actually just looked at that a little bit ago. Thank you, Zach. Give me with the meteorology forecast here, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. And happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our Native American friends. On the big map, Where's my map? There's no map. It's just green. Zach Carpenter. And now Zach Carper with your five o'clock news. Zach, what's game time forecast there? <laughs> I'm, I'm beating you to it. Looking at some sunshine in the area. Morgantown gonna be nice and nice and breezy. Actually, it's gonna have some sun. High of 78, low of 59. Gonna be a nice day. No precipitation at all. Light winds. Looking like a beautiful day for some football, boys. Ooh, that's Chris. Right the stadium. Now, hey, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Let's get into the game day attire portion of the program here, real quick. Um, Zach, gold's probably not happening for me, bud. Going to be real. What'd you say? Probably not wearing gold. Man, I was having the same dilemma because we're in the section where we're supposed to wear gold for the strike stadium. And here's my options I've got a gold shirt. Because I wore, I had to wear gold to Virginia Tech, right? That's right, all, that's exactly. Already, yeah, it's been done, and yep. you know, I'm not wearing it again. My options are a gold best Virginia shirt that I got during TBT. That's basketball. I'm like, eh, probably not. I feel Just you. I'm, I for the difference. Yeah. <sighs> the other one is the home field Virginia Tech uh, shirt that I got last week, or I'm sorry, the week before the Virginia Tech game that mm-hmm. I didn't get to wear. But I'm like, ah, it's a Virginia Tech-related shirt. Do I really want to wear that? We just played them. I didn't wear it during the Virginia Tech game. Kind of iffy about it. So I might go, I might go, you know, blue or white, something like that. Same as you. Oh, Zach, I hear you. So we can I stand thought, so we can stand out then. I, I like even that. thought about wearing a polo just because I'm going to the game Ooh, with you. I really go, thought, buddy. Please do. I'll bring you into wearing the polo, man. I'm telling you right now, okay? I might do it. Get a little fancy. <sighs> there you go. So, hey, you know what? You're growing up. I'm proud of you. Okay. I'm I'm really upset about it. I don't I'm want to talk about it anymore. I'm proud. I'm proud of you right <laughs> now. Um, I'm proud of you. I know I've just said it like three times, but you're I, proud of me. I really am, buddy. I really am. Um, God, no, I'm talking I mean, to the Colin Cowherds of the group. The goal. Get the fuck out of here! Don't you ever. <laughs> hey, Colin. Colin can throw an analogy with the best of them there about quarterbacks and 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 a good stake. So also, um, also a major prick, but you know. Yeah, probably fair. I mean, the way he did stew after that was tough, but you know what? Unfortunately, I think he might have been right. Um, yeah. Anyway, off the of coward, back to the attire, Zach. I'm with you. Wearing blue, into discussion. Gold's tough, especially if it's potentially for long sleeve. Man, I'm just being real. Like it's the way it is. Um, and you'll probably see a little quarter zip too. So just just be aware. Hey, I don't think it'll be that cool, man. I think it'll be just right. I'm I'm I got thin blood, man. I'm getting old. Okay. Good Lord, man. Sun goes so down, buddy. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, man. You missed it, man. He turned 30 and busted up his leg, his hip, and everything, man. Yeah, I mean, 
Do for a hip replacement in December. <laughs> Maybe, buddy. Who knows? Um, but I mean, I, I, I will say, getting back off the, off the attire because I mean, we could spend some time now. You know, another real quick though. One thing you got to think about this one too. It's that time of year we're like, are you wearing shorts? Are you wearing jeans? It's a tough call. At least for I'm going. Me. I'm going shorts. I think shorts throughout October. I agree, Zach. I agree. I think like it's still mid sixties. It still feel good. Yeah. As long as I got my top feeling good, can wear shorts on the bottom. Now, but, night game, night game be different. When it comes into the month, Iowa State very well could be a night game. Yep. It's pants, probably even a hoodie. Um, yeah, I'm into winter attire at that yeah. point. The sun, the sun's gonna help the Saturday. Totally. As long as it can hang out for at least the first like three and a half. Like, nah, I love to get it into the third, right? It with the sun. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, by the time that game ends, it'll get a little dusky, a little bit of a little bit of sundown, getting a little dark out, and it'll get a little chilly. But I think the shorts will still be okay. And that's kind of the perfect time to sing country roads, right? When the dusk uh-huh. is just kind of settling over Mountaineer Field, it's orange sky, beautiful. nothing quite like it. You know what they say? Orange sky at night, sailors delight. So, <laughs> well done. <laughs> Red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. You know. Um, <laughs> that's just one of those things so i think it should be a good night um should be a i'm good with night you for the mountaineers i mean if we're talking a little bit about tech um you know sir roger thompson's finally back in the backfield uh came back in the texas game had to go more than he wanted to because of the injury to brooks who did not play in that game if they're both there i'm still not totally concerned about their ability to run the ball but if they can run it that does worry me though because then they do have a good core of receivers. And I feel like if we can eliminate the run, that really makes it hard on Columbia back there because then we'll pin our ears back with that D-line. I'm not so worried about them being able to run the ball. I mean, nobody's really been able to really run it on us with a lot of success. Uh, we've done a good job of, of making teams one-dimensional, and I, I don't see that changing Saturday. I agree with that. Um, I'm not overly concerned. What I want to see is us get after the quarterback, Tyler Shaw, getting the collarbone broken. Um, he'll be out. He was having a nice season at this point. But we won't have to worry about him. Who we're going to face is the heartbreaker from last season, Henry Columbia. Mm-hmm. Try and get some revenge on him. Hopefully heat his ass up because, I mean, you look at what the stats he put up against Texas. He went in at about the nine-and-a-half-minute mark uh, of the second quarter against Texas after Shaw got hurt. 17-23, three twenty-four, three tuds. I mean, he had a hell of a day. He did, but in fairness, the game was already over. Oh, yeah, you're right. At that point, what was it? It was – I mean, it was 35. It was every bit of – 28 when he came in. 28-7 when he went in, so you're right. I mean, it was already on the way to a blowout. But even still, in Texas, you know, haven't been playing great defense so far this season, but pretty solid stats to come in cold. But we, we owe him for last year, so I'm hoping oh. we can really get after him. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely got to get after him. Um, and the one thing you do have to pay attention to with him a little bit, um, and the nice part of coming off a game against, you know, now seeing two two mobile quarterbacks, you know, is he he can make some plays with his feet. It's not where he's the most comfortable, um, but I mean, he can keep you slightly honest. But I think having seen two guys that you know now in a row that can do that, I think that play that bodes well for our for our front line guys. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, CJ. I, I think the fact that we have seen Burmeister you know, and then Rattler here, and then obviously as well, you know, Tayow. I mean, from Maryland. I mean, so we've seen a couple. Still struggling with that name, man. man you know what? <laughs> Tagabai Loa. He's to his brother, man. Halea. He's good. I don't even want to. I don't. I, I never even I, looked at it to know how to pronounce it, man. man I'm just call his little brothers. I'm just gonna call him T squared. I like that. That works T-square. Hey, T-square's got a big game Friday night. They got? Um, they're playing Iowa in Maryland. And I think they have, might have a chance. Yeah, I mean, if Iowa wins that or if, if if Iowa, you know, stomps them, obviously, whatever, you expect it and you move on because that's a great defense. But if Maryland somehow wins that, that loss versus them doesn't look even as bad. It starts to look – it honestly becomes a thing of like, wow, West Virginia losses them with four turnovers? Maryland's pretty good on the road. You happen to know what the line is for that? I'm looking at it right now. You know well, what? I think if Maryland can keep it close, that still looks good for us. I'd agree with that, CJ. 100% agree with that. Um, Zach, yeah, I I'm just going to guess three... the line here is Iowa minus seven and a half. 
Obviously, See, that's about what I'd put it at. What do you think, CJ? Uh, I know I was favored. I'm gonna say three in the hook. You got three. So Ooh. I mean, that's that's some that's tantalizing stuff right there. It is. I mean, that is tantalizing. Actually, a really good Friday night slate this this week. Actually, you got two pretty good football games on Friday night um, with Maryland. Uh, hosting Iowa and then BYU hosting Utah State. So, like, you got a couple, you know, games that are worth watching uh, leading into Saturday. Saturday, Are we happy and are we shocked this is a 3.30 kick, by the way? I'm cool with it. I mean, as long as it's not a nooner, I'm, I'm all about it. I thought this was destined for noon. Yeah. I, uh, I did too, but I love the fact I, I do like the 3.30 kick. Uh, get us in that afternoon window. Um you know, so thirty. I'm cool with it. You you look at the rest of the home games the rest of the way. We shouldn't see another noon home game the rest of the season. Ooh, Zach. You know what? I, I'm I'm thinking here and kind of looking at it. I don't imagine Iowa State is. I think you're correct on that. I think three thirty at worst. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I don't think there's any way that that game isn't at least played unless unless maybe it's a big nooner on Fox. Maybe they kind of come back a little bit. Maybe we're playing really well. Yeah. I can see them kind of sticking us with that. That wouldn't shock me at all. Um, Oklahoma, Which at least at that point, you're getting good coverage. Yeah, exactly. And Oklahoma State, again, could see well, it. I then, think that, I feel, that feels like a night game to me, though. Maybe like an ESPN2 or kind of like they're getting this week with Baylor. In Texas, no doubt. I mean, I think everybody thinks that's going to be destined for at least not a noon slate. Yeah, I think the Texas game is going to be a night game. The one with the Iowa State, though, game, Blaine, the other question with it being the big nooner is, is what's the Major League Baseball playoff schedule look like then, too? I mean, it's Halloween, so potentially you're talking World Series at that point in time that late in the proceedings. Yeah, if you're, okay, if yeah, you're, you're even right. going up against it. Yeah, you're right. So that's, I mean, that would be why I wouldn't want that one to be later in because then you're, you're fighting on the ratings depending on who's in the World Series. Absolutely. And it's a damn about baseball. Timeout, Zach. What kind of bullshit is that? Take that, <laughs> take that and leave it right now at the door. And we're going to talk baseball for two seconds now because of this. Oh, shit. CJ, you should know when. Uh, October 30th time. I'm a Pirates fan. And I've had three years and I know what that is. And you are a Yankees fan and you couldn't tell me that? Come well, on, man. Come on. I'm starting to as, pull as a little question keep... here on you, on your, on your well, baseball fandom, brother. Well, okay. But my other thing, too, is, is is they've been getting a little squirrely with the scheduling on that, too. But You're right. You're right. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that I think, like, to me personally, I the World Series always being played at, like, 730 at night is not – you know, we we, we, we we could work on that a little, personally. 7.30? It's more like 8.45 well, if you're lucky. I know, but what I'm saying is, is I, 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 don't, I wouldn't have an issue with them, especially like on a weekend. Man, put that damn thing at 1 o'clock and let's go. I, that, met our limit that would be okay. I, I don't mind that. So, what did you say, Zach? Sorry? We've met our limit for baseball talk. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, you're, prob- you're probably you're – probably No, right. no, no. Go on. I just had to give you shit. It's but, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, but no, I could see that Iowa State game, maybe that big nooner. I'd like to see Iowa State kind of come back a little bit, play well, maybe push that thing to a three thirty, maybe even you know a seven o'clock kick. I think that might be pushing it. Texas is definitely the one at home. I think could be a night game. That Oklahoma State game could be an interesting one. Yeah, that's a total wild card. You never know what you might get there in terms of TV coverage. Well, you never know. Plus, you know, Oklahoma State, God only knows. I mean, I know they're four and zero right now, but yeah. What kind of four and are they really? Is I mean, kind of a question. We're gonna find out what kind of four and both Baylor and Oklahoma State are on Saturday in Stillwater. Uh, that's gonna be a fun game under the lights there at Boone T. Pickens. Man, I'm I'm kind of jazzed to to see what happens there. Um, especially I mean, because they especially with us playing Baylor next week. Yeah, I mean, because they're because I mean they're you're talking about they're running the gauntlet of Baylor, Texas, and Iowa State. I mean, they potentially could potentially lose all three of those. And you're talking Oklahoma State, correct? There on that. Yeah, yeah, because they're yeah. playing Baylor, then Texas, then Iowa State. Now, granted, they get a bye between, you know, this weekend and Texas. But I mean, you potentially you could make the argument they could lose all three of those. So, 
real quick here, guys, and I, I think you're right about that. We don't know on Oklahoma State or Baylor. An intriguing game Saturday night there for sure. Um, I'm interested, though, from our perspective, should we be rooting for Baylor to win this thing Saturday night? Because they're 21. They'll move up at least to, I mean, to Oklahoma State spot, probably higher. And then we go in there and we pick them off. And then, boom, we start zooming. I think so. I'll be yeah, I think that's, that one. yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, I think that's almost the way you root for that one. Um, of course, that game's already been announced as a noon for FS1. Um, I, I tend to agree with you. I'd like to see Baylor win that one, be five and zero with us headed in there at three and two. Um, you said you said that Baylor uh, Oklahoma State game's a nooner. No, the Baylor West Virginia game's a nooner. Okay, I was going to say I, I thought that yeah. was a night game. I misunderstood. Yeah. Um, my only my one hesitation on that would be if they go in there that that thing at five and one with that being at Baylor that that place is going to be kind of what we saw at Oklahoma electricity wise. Ah, CJ, I mean, not quite. No, well, no I would disagree. And at noon, I don't think so at all. I actually I, think the exact level of that. Well, I mean, they had no, a I really do like, good crowd there for Iowa State. That's the only thing I'm saying. If they're five and zero, oh, that fan base starts to get kind of kind of riled up a little bit. Mm. I mean, that's I, fair. I, yeah, but I don't think plus, it's near the and, level and, of Oklahoma, though. At night. True. And yeah. here's the other thing, too. And here's the other reason I'm kind of, okay, yeah, let them win it. Because then they come, we come into play them. Do maybe we catch them maybe looking ahead because they do have BYU after us. Yeah, but are they looking ahead to BYU ever? Conference game, CJ, I know it's a new conference opponent, but I don't think so. Well, but that's a new conference opponent, and that's a potential rank on rank matchup there. <sighs> Yeah, but I think and Baylor and Baylor does and and BYU nationally does have kind of a a pull and a gravios with it. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that you overlook it in the, in the normal context of things because it's not a conference opponent, but maybe maybe it sets up to be a little bit of a trap for them. I, and the only reason I dis the only other reason I disagree and I I see what you're saying it's a trap um would be man. The way we beat them last year in Morgantown in overtime, tough loss, kind of set them back the rest of the year. I think they're fueled to come and beat us uh, yeah, I, in their yeah, house there I on mean, the Brazos River. No, no, I agree with that because I don't think, you know, I mean, Dave Moran is a hell of a hell of a football coach. I don't think he's going to have <clears> – I don't, I don't foresee his team doing that, you know, getting caught in one of those look-ahead moments. But could be something that potentially plays to our advantage a little. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Zach, I mean – what what do you what are your feelings on the Bears right now, man? Any any thoughts at all, kind of, on them at this point in time in the season? Uh I mean the jury's kind of still out on them. I think that obviously their program is in a good spot right now, especially considering where they were the first couple of years of Randis Rain. He's been there. This is his third year, correct, or second year? This yeah. is his this is his second year, I believe. Yeah, right. Is- Rule's been at Carolina for with the Panthers for two years now. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of why I like this last year against them. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the competition they faced so far. Texas State only beating by nine, obviously not a convincing win. Turn around and smoke Texas Southern, Kansas blow them out, big whoop de doo. Obviously, that Iowa State win holds a lot of weight. Now that's the, that's the thing. I'm not 100 percent convinced about where Iowa State is right now. Obviously, coming in, they looked like you know a favorite to be in the Big 12 championship, and they still could be. Maybe they're having some early early season struggles. I don't really know what the deal is with them, but you know, I'm kind of just kind of in the holding pattern with Baylor. I want to see more. So this yeah. weekend will be a really good test for them. Yeah, the only thing I know about Baylor is they probably are in the clubhouse for the lead for ugliest uniform combination of the year. Uh, what was that? Last week, that yellow uh, on gold. yellow on yellow, it was hideous. Thank That's God we're real. not doing that Saturday, by the way, fellas. I, I, kinda, I like the uniforms, honestly. I, I'm a big fan too. of the was, blue helmets, though, personally. I was rooting for the blue helmet to go blue jersey, gold pant, go to the old school traditional look. That what do you think? What do you think there, Zach? Which combination we go with? I didn't even see. I normally look that up on Thursday. Uh, I gold, forgot. gold helmet, blue jersey, gold pants. Blue helmet, gold jersey, blue pants? Sorry, I can't listen. Yeah, it's it's what they call the reverse. It's the the gold helmet, the blue jersey, the gold pants. I dig it. I I honestly don't understand the hate from a lot of people on the gold helmet. I think they're sick. 
I love all our helmets that we have now, all three of them, especially the I, white. I, do too. I, I, I love, love the white, white one. I just I was rooting for the, the blue stormtrooper lids, brother. Dude, yeah, shit is I was crispy. I was I was rooting for the the old school traditional what you got under Don the blue helmet, the the blue jersey, and the gold oh, yeah. pants. That was kind of what Can't I was rooting wrong. for. But no, I love the gold helmet too. I'm, I like all three of them. Actually, hey, here's part of it too, CJ. You got to wear something kind of different in a game like Texas Tech, just because if you go and do traditional all the time, then why do you even have all these uniforms? Right. right, and they got to oh, no, kind of no, use them a little bit, sprinkle them in a touch. So they'll probably go more traditional. Um, probably Iowa State, I might even imagine. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I do, and I do have to say this: I do like the gray jerseys that they have. Those oh, are kind of a nice little okay. look, um, you know. Which obviously we know why they wore those against LIU, but um, you know, I, I do like those. But I, I do like our uniform combinations that we have. Um, you know, would like to see the the gray maybe a little bit more, but I don't know that that traditional look for me is just kind of what I grew up with. So it's just, it, it's kind of ingrained in there a little bit. Which it hits is home. I was kind of, kind of, kind of, yeah, just kind of pushing for that one maybe yeah. a little bit, but I do like the, I, I do love the, the gold helmets. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that CJ. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of like the gold top with the white pant look too. That to me has always been a look I like. I will say this every time I do a dynasty mode, it's traditional all the time because, man, mm-hmm. it kind of like you think about programs that do go traditional. Those are the ones that are the big boys, right? Like Ohio mm-hmm. State, your Michigans, your Texases, the, the programs that don't need to do that kind of fluky stuff other than Oregon, right? So yeah. it'd be nice to be able to get roll out traditional all the time. Um, I, we might, I would we might expect, get there. I would expect him at some point this year too because he did. I don't think he did it last year, and I may be wrong. But to do the traditional road, the blue helmet, white jersey, blue pant. I hate that uniform. I feel like we never win in it. Or the Stormtrooper lids, for that matter. I, I We've like won in it once, I think. I love seeing them. I do love them, though. I do love the Stormtrooper lids. It's just something about them that's awesome. Maybe it's just the nerd in me that loves the fact that it's a white helmet. And maybe I, like I just like white hats in general, too. I'm, I feel like just something cool about it. Um, clean. They are clean, man. They're definitely clean. That's that's the best word to, to say. There's well, that. yeah. O- Oklahoma thought they were, and they're running back, man. His was basically blue by the end of the night. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was blue. That is so true. So let's get out of here. Pick, make a prediction. Um, we obviously know the line still sitting at seven with the total fifty six. Um, I'll let I'll, you know, Zach. I know you'll defer anyway, so I'll just let CJ lead off. Wait, wait, wait. I'll oh. Stop. Do you, oh, just, do you want to take? Do you want to take? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. I just had to mess with you. All right, all right. Just had to yeah, check. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I expect uh, West Virginia's defense to come out, um, play like they have all year. Um, I think you're going to see a big resemblance of what you saw last Saturday in Norman. Um, yeah, I know Texas Tech can maybe get a couple of things going here or there. They may get a couple of drives. I, I do like West Virginia. I like West Virginia to cover on the seven. Uh, give me the Mountaineers 27, 27 13. Okay. Not bad. I like the defensive effort. Yep. All right. So, uh, what are you thinking there, Zach? So, I'm with, I'm with CJ. I say we're, we're going to cover that seven. Um, I, I look to see the defense do a lot of the same things they did against Oklahoma, if not more. I mean, Texas Tech has the ability to sling it around the yard, obviously. Um, even with Columbia, the backup, he can he can throw it. He's shown us that, you know, firsthand. I want to see what Nick Troy does against Ezukama. He's one of the best receivers in the conference. Yep. Great possession. Um, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That'll be a big matchup. He eats up space in the middle of the field. So if Fortune can keep playing like he's been playing, and honestly, you barely hear his name, which is exactly what you want out of your corner. Absolutely. Uh, that'd be huge. Uh, not afraid of the running game at all. I think our defense can pretty much neutral- neutralize any running game there is out there. So I look for them to do that. My my biggest thing here is the running game. Obviously, we look for that every week. But you look at what Texas did against – Texas yep. did last week against Bingo. Texas. Shredded them. Bingo. I mean, 6.5 a pop. That's wild. 336 yards on the ground, man. That's a day. And that's not even just Bijan Robinson. I mean, they had guys contributing from every which way. Yep. So if, if we can get a lot of yards on the ground, 
that's obviously going to bode well for us. Get Letty over 100. Let's try and get Gary Green over 100. Why not? Right. So, He's your boy. Get get him get him a little double digit. Maybe breaks breaks a real big one potentially. Get him get him more involved, like you talked about. I really do think that's going to keep happening. He's going to get more and more work, especially because I mean he wasn't going to get you know a ton of possessions against Oklahoma, and that's fine. I, I like the way they used him. I definitely want to see them keep using him in the red zone, and I think they will. So, in the end of the day, I'm going to say West Virginia is going to hit that 30 mark that yes. I talk about all the time. I'm going to say West Virginia 38, Texas Tech 17. Now, you said 38? 38. 38. Yeah. Hot dog. You know what? Damn it, Zach. I love it. I love that it. defense is crap. They are bad. They are bad. Um, 38-17. So, so, you're still under, though, I notice. Right? Just barely. <laughs> hey, those guys are good out there, right? They're good for a reason. Um, Absolutely. They know their numbers. Yeah. Zach, I... Uh, you know, picking it from where you just put put it down there, man. We are going to see over thirty this Saturday. Hell yeah! Without a question in my mind, I think we're going to finish drives in the red zone. I think we're going to make a couple big plays, and also I think for the first time all year, the turnover bug will hit the opponent. I think Henry Columbia mm. is due to be loose with the ball on Saturday more than a few times. And it could be some strip sacks. Who knows? Maybe old Nick Troy Fortune makes himself a play. And maybe we're all doing Canadian missed shots because of the defensive touchdown. Would love that. And you know something we didn't even mention? Winston Wright. Maybe he uh, breaks one loose on special teams. I'm going to go Mountaineers with this one 35 to 13. So you're under. We're all under. We're all under. And I think we're all thinking defense is going to dominate and we're going to make plays and we're going to have a real good Saturday afternoon in Morgantown. Those are the yeah, keys to victory. I, yeah, I definitely like the under simply just because what we have seen out of this team, uh, especially this year, um, and Neil's made no real secret of it. I mean, they want to dominate the time of possession. Um, and I expect that to be the case again. And when you dominate the time of possession like he's wanting to, sometimes that doesn't always lead you to, to putting up huge crooked numbers. You're, and you know what, CJ? Good point there. So we could, I mean, you could easily see, and I could easily see us winning this thing like 28 to 7. He's fine winning it mm-hmm. however he needs to win it. Neil doesn't care as long as we are the team that holds the lead when the scoreboard hits zero at the end of the, at the, end of the damn thing. That's all he cares about. Yep. And, um, and, and we'll win ugly if we have to. Not about flash. Nope. No, it's not. No, it, it's not. And, and, I think there's a guy defensively um, that I think is going to have his name called a bunch. Um, and it, he really hasn't this year. And some of it's been, you know, double team. And then it's just been because we, we gang tackle so well, but I, I I'm the looking team? for stills. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I'm looking for stills to really kind of bust it open. Yeah. Bust it open and have a game kind of like we got used to seeing out of his brother at times. Um, you know, I mean, even, you know, there were a couple of times like he was around the ball a ton Saturday at Oklahoma, um, you know, but I, I just I, I'm looking for I expect him just to kind of make a couple of big plays. Maybe he's the guy that comes up with that strip sack. I just I look for him to be a little more in the stat sheet than hey, he has been. Now, they loved how he played against Oklahoma, CJ. Uh, Neil and them said probably one of the best games he's played since he's been in a Mountaineer uniform. And I think the re- and I'm going to tell you why I don't think it's still Saturday. I think it's I think it's Akeem Mesidor. Because he will be the last Mountaineer to wear 90. Because yep. Daryl Talley's getting that uniform retired. Uh, jersey, uniform, jersey, I don't know. We'll call it jersey. Um, it's going up in the rafters. It's going to be – not in the rafters because we're freaking at the, at the Mountaineer field. I'm struggling, fellas. Um, <laughs> Somebody going up on the wall. Yeah. That, that thing's going to be put up there. Um, and no Mountaineer ever wear it again. And I think Mesador has a little bit of um, self-awareness about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, think he, a- I think he wants to have a big ball game because of it. Yeah, they did an interesting piece with him uh, talking about it and watching some of Daryl's things, and you could see the respect that. that he that he has for that and understanding that you know what that number with it being retired, what it meant. I, I I'm with you on that. I I could see him having a really good day. That mean hey, good things for the Mountaineers. Exactly, great things for the Mountaineers, and I hope we're both right, CJ. I hope Akeem and old uh, old Dante have big ball games. Going to be fun, Zach. Excited to join that we're joining each other there in section 130 should be a hell of an (laughs) afternoon. Um, Let's go Mountaineers and uh, we'll be ready again next week. Talking about a dub 
and getting ready for the Bears. Absolutely. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's drink some beers. Y'all take it easy. Till next time.